Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. You know why I like photos so much? Because memories don't live like people do. And it always brings me back to where I was at that moment. I could, I'm the kind of grandbaby that I can look at a picture and knew exactly what I was feeling in that moment. Like, oh, that was a good day because that was the day that, or it brings back an emotion. I'm like, mm, that was not a good time in my life. I ain't gonna hold you. And the same way and the same purpose that photos serve to me is what these conversations serve to me as well. I can vaguely remember one particular conversation that we had, friendly reminder, I remember recording that literally when I had the Cooties 2020 package, okay? Starts with a C, ends with a vid, I'm not going to say it. But I remember being like, yo, the workplace don't care. This is like a real eye-opener. And I was very intentional about calling you up and having that conversation with you because I needed to capture that moment. Well... Uh, here goes another moment I need to capture. I'm going to go ahead and just make a statement and allow me to just unveil. May I? May I unzip and just spill all that is in me right now? Okay. Um, Bruh, I am tired. <laughs> Head to the side. <laughs> Shoulders a little bit. In. I'm tired. I'm tired. What am I tired of? of enduring unnecessarily maybe necessarily but definitely enduring in a way that's not going to be sustainable long term I think that depending on your upbringing your life experiences maybe even your family whatever I think that some people literally get into this groove of enduring and they just do that on different levels like you may have had the childhood or the adulthood or certain experiences that are, that really required for you to like, yo, I need you to go numb for a little bit because we're not going to be able to survive this if you feel every element of what's going on around you. Listen, I need you to stay focused. I need you not to pay attention to that particular pain, that discomfort. Like, yo, this is not the time to wear your heart on your sleeves. I need you to go ahead and put a raincoat on. Like, let make the situation happen. Turn the situation around for you. And I think that after being in certain situations that required for you to endure, whenever you unhatch or unlock that level of endurance, I think sometimes we use it unnecessarily. And, and then we start to code it differently. Where it was once enduring because it was trauma. It was once enduring because it was something that you couldn't get out of. You know, you were inferior in that particular situation. And then once you go ahead and you start enduring other places, it's like, oh, it's the grind. Yeah, this is the part of adulthood. You know, you got to be uncomfortable for this amount of years in order to be comfortable after, you know, this amount of years after. No, you know what? It's okay. It's not going to always be like that. And you start to, if not careful, live a life of chronic endurance. And I'm just going to be the grandbaby to believe. I don't believe that that's God's will. I do not believe that life has to be a strategic cycle of pit, 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 palace, pit, palace, pit, palace. It like, I'm sorry, once Joseph went ahead and established palace, I don't see that the pit was like 
a, you know, a revolving door situation. And where I'm currently at is I'm tired of seeing people become tired and then slap on another terminology to it. I'm tired of people going to work, getting drained all day long, not having enough to pour into anything else that means something to them or the people that mean something to them or that they have in their any desires they have in their heart. I am tired of people giving every single thing to people who don't deserve. I am tired. I'm tired. But what I'm tired of in this particular moment is unnecessary work. And let me just break it down to the elemental P. Let me explain something to you. There is something about the work environment that truly does something to me. I find it offensive to be a part of any work environment that does not benefit you. I do not believe that work is supposed to be toiling. Because I understand that when I read toiling, that was the curse that Adam had for doing what God said not to do. But work is supposed to be a version of servanthood. Work is supposed to be the thing that gives you purpose. My pup-pup son, he's working. Well, what do you mean he's working? He ain't bringing in no income. He's not. No, but he's doing exactly what he was purposed to do. In his heart, he's a guard dog, so he made sure if he hear anything, he, you know, top of his lungs, he going to let it be known. Listen, uh, y'all disturbing my property, okay? And I'm going to let my um, my family know that you, you're not supposed to be around here. He plays with us. He d- gives cuddles. He, he, he gets excited when we come home. He gets excited. We can go out to check the mail, come back, and he's equally excited. My pup-pup son is working. Yet I never saw him try to meow. I never saw him try to jump into a bowl of water and try to fish because that's not what he, he's, that's not it. I never saw him try to produce something out of his little furry cuteness of a face. I never seen him try to do anything that he wasn't wired to do and then tried to slap on, but he's trying to work. I think that we have gotten so far off of work that we don't even realize when we are working in an unsustainable way. I do not believe that work is supposed to be felt. I heard somebody say this and I truly, I'm going to work against it. They said, oh, you think work is supposed to be fun? Uh, no, but I believe it's supposed to be purposeful. Can you imagine being, having to get tapped on your shoulder? Like, yo, you need to go eat because you're so excited about what you are working in your hands and the creativity that's coming out of you. And, oh, I got another idea and that kind of thing. That is way different than like, yo, you didn't eat because you literally can't leave your desk because the emails and the phone calls and the voicemails is out of control. Like that's, that's different. I do believe that we have a real enemy. And a real enemy who tries to convert and pervert God's original plan. Anything that God meant for good, the enemy converts and perverts it to be against that. Polar opposite of that. How do I know that? Because how did God do a whole Genesis 1 chapter? Create stuff and go, mm, it is good. Mm, it is good. Mm, it is good. Mm, 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 mm. Like he did that for uh, like six days, right? And then he rested on the seventh. 
And then a couple of chapters later, he looks down and he's like, I regret making man. Everything they do, everything they think, they just feel it with so much evil. And, da, da, da. and why did that happen? What happened from the time that God created something to the time that he's like, I regret what I created? Because the enemy entered the chat. And so it is clear to me that he's like, yo, whatever was meant to be good, whatever was meant to be God's perfected plan, whatever it is that will bring them joy and utopia and purpose and satisfaction and contentment and peace and happiness and just overall love and all the things that the fruit of the spirit goes ahead and bear, I'm going to make sure I got a worm in each part of that fruit so that it cannot be enjoyed thoroughly. So what do you do with work? You make it feel like, no, you, you just got to play the corporate game. Why? Why you got to get paid and get benefits to be disrespected low key or high key? I don't care how passive aggressive or how rude somebody comes off. Like, yo, if you couldn't do that to me in my personal life and I let you go ahead and do that on the cell phone that I pay for, why would I allow you to do that? And then God forbid you say something back and now it's like, oh, you got to have meetings and stuff. I remember when that happened to me. I had someone else's supervisor decide she wanted to step out of line. So I got in the same line with her. Not disrespectfully. And that's the crazy part. I always felt like I've always been the grandbaby that if I'm going to get the beating, I want to deserve it. Yeah, don't beat me because curfew was 8 o'clock and I came in at 801. Yo, if I'm going to get beat like that, then bro, I'm coming in tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like I, I want to deserve it. And so what happened in that situation in the previous employment Shorty came in the room and was like, uh, I'm, I'm talking to my supervisor. She decided to go ahead and, and I was going to walk out. She was like, no, stay here. She then decided to be like, um, slam some papers on the, on the, <laughs> the desk and was like, so what you're going to do is A, B, and C. And I looked around because I, I never, I don't know how to spell you're going to do, but that's not my name. <laughs> yeah, you're bugging. Please don't forget, I don't care what these sandals say, I don't care what these good work loafers say, but it's Tim's all day, okay? And I'm going to need you to, when you step to me, you better step real, real light because I always got a Tim for your big toe. Please don't play. Okay, what, what the Bishop Emmanuel said on IG, I'm saved, not soft. Play me not, okay? So after she finished saying, because she was talking to somebody's child, I looked around, I didn't see any minors in the room, so very confused. So after she was done, I said, yeah, not doing that. In that same cadence, in that same voice, and literally those words, less than 140 characters. Do you know she ran to the upper management and was like, she disrespected me. So upper management came and spoke to my supervisor. My supervisor had to sit down. She was like, um... Yeah, remember when she said that to you and what you said back to her? I said, yeah. She was like, you can't say that to her. I said, sure, as long as she don't say what she said to me. And it was almost like, please, bro. I said, no, no, no. She doesn't get to just say what she wants. And I don't get to say anything. But apparently the cold word on the streets is yes, corporate and higher management and people thereof get to say what they want, do what they want, impede your time both personal and professional all kind of stuff and you have to just take it i'm sorry i looked around i'm not in egypt and i'm i'm not a slave y'all bugging 
And it's almost like, yo, do they have us in a chokehold like that? Because we got big girl and big boy responsibilities where we can't like, yo, like, I'll, you can meet me outside. How about that? <laughs> like, do we not have that in us? Like, I'm I'm not saying, you know, laying hands on people with no prayer. I'm just saying at some point, what do you say? I'm sorry. I'm an adult. And I. I don't think that this is something that has to be said, but I think I just need to reiterate. I want to be respected. If I don't speak to you that way, please don't speak to me that way. And if this is not a good time for you to speak, then I absolutely understand that we could possibly do this after lunch. But the way that you're speaking to me now is not going to be conducive for neither one of us. Why can't you respectfully let somebody know that's not going to work? Now, that's just one side of work. How you relate to someone, how you communicate. Just because when you're dealing with people, people be peopling. And you be like, uh, I don't people like that. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Okay. Uh, when you give me a deadline, please make it breathable. I'm sorry. Nothing can be done two yesterdays ago. Have a nice day. But the one thing that is really getting my attention, that is bringing forth the I'm tired, is that it seems like when you're a good worker, the... uh. Let's see. The prize for being a good worker is either more work or um more work. And it's like, uh, and then what you got to do, leverage to see if you can kind of like use that for your advantage and, you know, promotion and blah, blah, blah. But then the other thing is that there may be some aspects of your job that you're like, yo, long term, this is not sustainable. And it's almost like you got to remind yourself, like, I'm doing this to get out of debt. I'm doing this just until somebody else goes ahead and, you know, hires me. I'm doing this until God moves. I'm doing this. And it's like, can I say something? And I'm going to get a little bit real here. I have unfortunately seen a lot of people not make the time frames that they thought they were going to be here on this earth. And for whatever the reason, the more that I'm growing, the more wiser that I'm becoming, that is starting to be a real, real thing for me. I wonder if this whole grind mindset and I'm just going to do it. Nope. I got to keep, no, I'm not going to bother me. Nope. And I got to, and you got to do all these mental games and trickery with yourself to get you through a work week. I wonder, would you force yourself to be enslaved if you could literally see how much time you had left? Now I'm not trying to be sad and I'm not trying to make no grandbody's grandbaby look at themselves like, what am I doing wrong? It's just I don't subscribe to delayed joy, delayed freedom. And I feel like we as a people have put ourselves in places that we have to maintain all of these different forms of disrespect and nuances and or the above because of the lifestyles that we're trying to maintain. I am on this quest to find a different kind of freedom, not just financially, but also purposefully. I don't want work to be symbolic to a shackle and a whip. You should not feel like that after work. You should not have to plan strategically your rest because you're getting pulled your whole work week. There is something about that that I can guarantee is not God. Why? Because when I 
witnessed and read my daddy, your daddy, the creator, create everything in heaven above and earth below and in between and all the things. After the seventh day, he was like, ah, and I'm resting. He gradually did a little bit more from day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, and then seven, he rested. And was like, now that's how you work. But what do you mean? You work in purpose. You work each day and when you step back from what you make, you feel good about what you make. And you say, mm, this is good. And that's day one. You go ahead and you do your work and you plan it out for day two. You know what? Today I'm going to make the heavens and the earth and blah, blah, blah. Today is going to be light. Today is going to be, and you walk yourself with a to-do list of this is what I'm doing today. You go ahead and create that. You step back and see that you established that and that you completed it and you feel mm, good because you worked in purpose, on purpose and in purpose. And then your day was completed. And then you do that another day and another day. And then you know what? I worked enough in my purpose that I now I'm going to go ahead and take rest. I didn't see anywhere where uh, after God said, listen, let us make me. It wasn't like, listen, can one of y'all take over? I am exhausted. Yeah, because I've been, I've been just doing it. Like, no, I think that it's strategic that the first time that God wants us to see him is to see how he works. If it does not appeal to you, it will pull from you. If it's not something that is literally supposed to be a part of your wiring, you will feel exhausted. And not just tired because you're sleeping wrong or you're not eating right or you're not exercising, not that, but like literally drained. Like you're looking at the clock like, yo, how much longer? 15 minutes. That's how long I've been here. Like, yeah, that that should say something to you. I have, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. I was going to save this for another conversation, but you're going to get this work. I have eaten from the tree of life. <gasps> what does she mean? Stop. Give me a minute. I'm getting ready to tell you. Stop rushing me. I have literally eaten from the tree of life, meaning that I got a taste of what my purpose is and what it feels like to operate in that. And then God messed around and made me see what that would feel like. Let me tell you what happened. I did what the grandbabies usually do, right? When you in one job and then you go into the other job and you like, all right, but well, let me give myself a little bit of vacation. You see what I'm saying? Cause I need a break. It, it gets some of that old job smell off of me. You understand? So here I am. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and plan to have where my last day of work will be the last month, the last day of the month. And then, you know, I'll give myself like a week or two, just, you know, get, shake it off of me real quick. So I knew for sure, oh, I was going to be working by the 15th. So that would have gave me like, you know, two weeks off. Cool uh when they hired me the new job they were like yeah you're gonna start on the first I was like oh of the next month hmm? I'm so who calculated that <laughs> what happened it was like oh because we just need enough time to get all your paperwork back and blah 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 and your drug sample blah, blah. and I'm like okay and so at first I ain't gonna hold you it was a little bit of a panic because I'm like uh I needed some time but like how much time you giving me, Lord? But you know what happened during that time? Bro, I started getting super creative. 
I had all these ideas, things that I wanted to launch, things that I wanted to do. I actually saw what it felt like to be restful and in purpose simultaneously. I was like, yo, like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now. It literally was like, could this actually be life? To the point that for the first time in my life, I actually was praying differently about what I wanted to do with my life. I always thought that I wanted that six-figure corporate job. I wanted to climb the corporate ladder just because that was appealing honestly and authentically to me. That's what I wanted, promotions and all that other stuff because I have a high need for achievement. So where else to go ahead and get accomplishments or gold stars for your hard work outside of school? Work. Bing, bing, bing. And that's what I did. And for the first time in my entire grandbaby life, I was like, I don't want that. This feels awesome. I was restful. I was rem- I was getting a nice little regime. I was spending time with God. I was making sure that my plants were good. Then I would have my private time. God would download some stuff into me. I'm like, yo, I got to do something with that. I'm writing stuff up. I got to plan out every other day. I'm like, husband, and then I think I should do this. And then that, I had to wind up getting a book, writing all the things that were happening, this, that, and the third. So that then when the first came and it was time to start the job, I was already like, I don't really, really. And for some reason, I am in the space that I'm like, I get it now. I ate from a tree that I couldn't possibly live the rest of my life like I didn't taste that. I could impossibly live the rest of this life like I didn't experience that. God gave me a little sneak peek into my own personal customized Eden. And I'm like, yo, get me back, sir. (laughs) How do I do it? What do I need to do? How do I go ahead and just, and I am literally like, I wish you can look at my arms, like the goosebumps that's on. And I'm not that kind of grandbaby where I'm like goosey boozy, like, Oh, look, that's the Lord. But like, I really felt an anointing on that, that God literally sometimes creates air pockets just for you to see. This is what you were supposed to be. This is what you were supposed to live. This is where you were supposed to work. This is your purpose. This is your wife. This is the school you're supposed to go to. This is where you're supposed to be moving. And you get that glitch and it will behoove you not to try to overcode it. You try to bury it like, oh, well, you know, I, I would have been that if I didn't, you know, well, I already got kids now. Well, listen, I already, I probably already blew it in. No, 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 no. That's the enemy. You, I, I promise you, as long as you breathe in and out, do it real quick. See that? Oh, snap. You breathe in. That means you still got time. Like, I promise you, I don't know why God has me here and he's had me here for the last, I can't even, if I could put a number to it, but it's been at least the last couple of months. There is something on me that's like, and I got to find my, let's get back to Eden, live on top of the world. Come on, sir. Let's get back to Eden, live on top of the world. Sopranos, Oh, you going to make me Google something real quick. The blessing is on you to live with your mouth. I got to live on top of the world. Because listen, who don't break out in a good song? That was my worship time. Don't come for me. But like literally, 
I feel like God is like, listen, if I showed it to you, it's because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to play Marco Polo in the spirit. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to go back and come back and get the situation. I'm trying to get you back to your first love. I'm trying, mm. oh, that's a good Kurt Flanken song, isn't it? First love. Look it up. It's amazing. I'm gonna listen to it after we finish talking, but there is something in the spiritual realm that is trying to give you insight that only God can give you that I need us to go back and tap into and say, God, what is it that you're trying to show me? It's not that I'm ungrateful. It's that I, I'm, I'm not satisfied. It's not that I'm, I'm displeased with you or that I don't trust you. It's that I'm not content. And you said that in Timothy, you said that godliness plus wealth is great contentment and so at this point god what are you trying to show me what is it that i ate from that i got a little bit of an appetizer and i'm like mm, i would love that to be my permanent meal and so everything else that i'm tasting everywhere else that i'm working every person else that i'm dating everywhere else i'm trying to live it just it don't taste right and it's because you put my taste buds and my palate on a gps and i'm trying to find my way back to it but it seems like marco polo and god at this moment i don't even want to pretend like i didn't taste that I don't even want to pretend like I didn't experience that. It will be a disservice to the God that I serve, the creator that created me, for me to go ahead and continue to live. Like, could it, could it have been differently? Could it have been different? I'm so, so then why are we living this way? So then why are we objecting ourselves to this lane? Like, yo, what's up? Like, I don't... I, I so am inspired and just in awe of people who just like get up and go get it in a way that it looks like that's weird because I truly believe that God allows life and experiences and people to serve you certain things on a plate and hors d'oeuvres trying to open up your palate to try to get you to go find it so you can cook it yourself. When Jesus went ahead and called Peter, he was like, yo, Come, come with me and I'll make you a fisher of men. When he found Peter, he was a fisherman. Jesus was like, and what I'm getting ready to give you is going to be way bigger than that. What I'm getting ready to give you is going to open up a whole nother lane that you like, literally the Bible keeps talking about this abundance that it keeps talking about this. Like, I'll give you so much. You won't have room and it's going to be pressed down and shaken over and all these other things like more than you can ever imagine. And it's like, yo, when you think that largely, can you even get to that point in your mind because you don't see it in real life? And it's like, at this point, I don't want to read something and just be able to quote it. Like, yes, and the Bible says, I want to actually be living in that. I want to be a living testimony I want to read the Bible as a testament to my testimony I want to be able to say I'm abiding by some principles and I see it he said multiplying and divide he said to go ahead you got dominion he said that you are the heir of some things and so if that's what he's saying then what's this I'm sorry who you talking to at work not for this pay not for the way that I feel <laughs> no this is not it I literally want us to even dare to say, I want better environments for myself. You know how much more creative and how much beneficial and fruitful and all of the things that you would be if the environment was just customized for you? You ever try to sleep somewhere and, and, and the temperature was off and it wasn't to your liking, you tried to sleep through it? How was your sleep? Mm-hmm, wasn't the best, right? But you do that in a waking state at a job. You do that in an awakened state in relationships. Why are you still with him? 
honestly, it, I don't really like. What's the excuse you giving yourself to stay asleep with your eyes open? What's the excuse? Like, how did you trick yourself? Like, what's that? It's a spell. Like, what's that kind of hypnosis that you did to your soul to say, "Shh, it's okay. Let's not listen to my spirit." Shh, I'm gonna go to sleep real, real quick so we won't know we're struggling. Like, what's the lullaby you told you? Like, what's that? And go ahead and find those lyrics and throw it in the garbage forever, forever, ever, forever, ever, forever. Because what you don't understand is that sometimes you need to be tapped on your shoulder. Sometimes you need to be taken by your ear and say, listen, I know that you know that you know that this should be different. And for whatever the reason you pushing, can you imagine pushing this way? And it's not even in your purpose. Imagine where you would be if you pushed that same way within your purpose. Where would you be? Where would your bloodline go? How would you change your generation? How would you change financially, mentally, healthy, all the things? How would you change if you put that same tenacity in the thing that God created you for? Hmm? No, it wasn't hypothetically. I, I literally wanted you to answer, but since you're not that kind of grandbaby, that's fine. I want to go ahead and read about Moses and Jethro. I want you to see in real time how somebody had to look at somebody working in their purpose and was like, bro, that's not sustainable. What you doing? Where you at? Oh, you got plans. Don't say that. Exodus 18, I read in the NLT version. So backdrop real quick. Uh, Jethro was like, yo, I'm going to come out there and see how y'all doing. I'm going to holler at my grandkids and stuff. You cool with that? Moses was like, cool. Uh, it's nothing. Just, um, slide through. He was like, all right, cool. So here's what we pick up in Exodus 18, verse uh, 13. The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning to evening. 14. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning to evening? 15. Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a, um, to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I'm the one who settles the case between the calling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. 17, this is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. 18, you're going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. 19, now listen to me, and let me give you a word of advice, and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. 20. Teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. 21. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,150 and 10. 22. They should always be available to solve people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. 23. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures, and all these people will go home in peace. Oh my gosh. Oh, so much in that. 
whew, I feel like the Holy Spirit was just like, and drink. Like, it felt like fire hose at this point. Let me explain something to you. Doesn't it seem like the the modern workplace is more work, less pay? Mm-hmm. Like, if they could hire another person, nah, let's just split it up between y'all two. Huh? And you like, bro, I don't under. And so, literally, I, so much in this. Literally, uh, he was like, Jethro looked at Moses and was like, sir, <laughs> I get what you're trying to do. But anything that is a heavy burden is going to exhaust you and the people. Yeah, the people are frustrated because they're calling your phone and they're emailing you and you're not answering back and they're calling, leaving voicemails and you're not blah, blah, blah. So they're frustrated, they're irritated, they're feeling all the things. And then on the front end and on the back end, you feeling some kind of way because you can't catch up, you can't. And it's like, yo, if I could just get, don't dare take a day off. Oh, what you coming back to? You might as well have took the whole computer and desk with you. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, there, there's some modern day truth with these biblical experiences. But the part that got to me was that his father-in-law literally said, what are you really accomplishing here? That's the first thing he said. He watched him and was like, so like you coming in super duper early, leaving super duper late, working on the weekends, having your personal phone low key become the business phone. Like, what are you really accomplishing here? Like you forsaken time out with the friends or anything else that gives you any kind of boost or gives you any type of like relax, recoup, re anything. And somebody else gets to try to fumble that, but you're spending so much time recouping and the recouping time don't seem long enough. Cause you got to go right back into that dungeon of a place that's called a job. Like, what are you really accomplishing here? Like, stop. What is it all amounting to? That's a powerful question to ask yourself. What are you really accomplishing here? I know that you have good intentions. Moses did too. When he asked them like, yo, why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning to evening? Verse 15 says, Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. 16, when a dispute arises, they come to me and I'm the one who settles the the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. Can you imagine that burden on Moses? I'm the one that God trusts to take out of Egypt. I'm the one, I'm the only one that they can actually talk to. I'm the only one that is literally the only neutral party. All of them know each other. It's just me and Aaron out here with the babies and the grandbabies. And so at this point, like they're coming to me because because God led, had me lead them out of Egypt. And so now I'm appointed automatically to lead them out of their quarreling situations. And I can imagine, I can almost hear that softness. Listen to that again. Verse 15, Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. It's like, bro, this is a big deal. I'm not a shoe shiner. I'm not just someone that cooks their meals. I am the liaison of God with these people. That's a huge deal. And while that is a huge deal and while that is a huge responsibility, the very next thing that Jethro said was, this is not good. I'm sorry. You saying what I'm doing is not good? No, I'm saying the way in which you're conducting it is not good. Why? 18, you're going to wear yourself out. 
and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. So newsflash, pause. If they don't want to hire nobody else, you need to be the next one leaving. Plan your exit. Real talk. I'm not even like, you hear what I'm saying to you? Like, no, once you make it clear, like, yo, this, this caseload is too much. You're like this. No, no, no. You could bear it, but why? What are you accomplishing here? No, you could go ahead and keep, you know, if you just did a couple more overtime or if you just came in an hour too early, if you just shortened your lunch, you could, but what are you really accomplishing here? If you make it clear that, yo, I need for this, uh, this burden to be a little lighter so that I can actually start doing some quality work and that I can actually start feeling some quality and that I can make the situations on both ends for myself and for the people that I'm serving. If I can make it easier then like, I really would love the opportunity to serve in excellence. But right now what you got me serving out of is the excess of whatever I have left in my tank from what I didn't have a, a day or two ago. It will behoove. That if someone is not interested in making the burden lighter, that you need to go ahead and plan your exit. Real talk. I'm not even going to hold you. Listen, you're not married to anything that is intentional about draining you. You should not be married to a decision that does not benefit you or the parties that you're supposed to be serving. I understand that you want to do a good thing. I even understand that if the good thing involves some God things. But if it's not good, if the way in which it's being conducted is not good, then it can't be possibly the way that God wants you to do it. Because I didn't see that God was overwhelmed. And so after Jethro heard all that, he was like, yeah, no, this is not good. He didn't just leave him there. He gave him advice. This is how you break this down. So what does that show? Like, yo, you can go ahead and give an example and say, listen, go to whoever it can make decisions. You can make your proposal up. I, I, I believe in trying to salvage a thing before you completely just wash it away. Um, I got that from my daddy. He looked at the first world and was like, I'm done with this. But I will take Noah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, two pairs of that, a pair of that. And I'll put that in the boat and I'll salvage it before I wash away the other stuff that's not working anymore. So I do believe in going ahead and calling meetings I do believe in pitching ideas I do believe in all the the tactics that could be used to salvage a thing before you go ahead and plan yourself out of the situation if you can't move and shift where it's breathable and it's operating in excellence for everyone there then it's time to move shift and breathe somewhere else very simple and so after Jethro gives him all the instructions what does he say at the end 23, if you follow this advice and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures and all these people will go home in peace. So it's not that you're going to find a place where you're working, where there are no issues. It's that you'll have enough breathing room and a process in place where would you have to go ahead and lift it? You actually can because of the processes and the things that are currently in place. No gym rat goes to the gym every five minutes. It, 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 it's a break in between. 
to let the muscles recoup, to let their body recoup, to go ahead and do that part because there's a recouping process so that when you go back to the gym and you want to lift heavier, you actually have the muscle capacity to do so. But um, go ahead and try to hold a grocery bag or two uh, for seven days straight. No, it's not 350 pounds worth of bench pressing, but you gave your muscles no time to recoup. And then you think you're going to be able to still lift that and carry that in excellence like someone who's gotten, who's not even carrying that. And nine times out of 10, you got supervisors or people of upper management looking at you like, I don't understand why that's hard. Well, you will understand it if you were sitting in a seat, but you so far removed that all you see is paperwork that can be moved around, but you don't understand the details and the delicacy that has to be carried out with this particular mission. So while you devalue me, it's because you're so far removed that you don't understand the value of me, but you will when I leave. And leaving is not a threat. Leading is Leaving is a posture of, I could endure it, but what am I accomplishing here? Aren't you tired? Isn't Yo, if there's anything in you that's like, I didn't want to admit it because I got a family and I got these bills and I got this rent to pay and I got this car and I got this. Yo, I get it. I get it. I, we made decisions, you know, and some of that we're going to have to say, God, you should have, you know, um, tell me now. But... Just because you made the decision doesn't mean you have to suffer in that pit. So what do we do? We go ahead and step one, we try to salvage the situation. Call a meeting, give your proposal, say, hey, I've been thinking about the efficiencies of the processes. I think that, you know, if the budget permits, can we add another person? Cool. If they say no, then go ahead and have your proposal part B. Listen, I'm thinking if we go ahead and, and split the, the task and the duties this way, that it would be more efficient for everyone. I feel like it would really, you know, raise staff morale. I feel like the incentive would feel if we can't do a financial, then at least let people get the joy of feeling good in their work. Like really sell that thing. You understand? Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not your uh, consultant, but I could be your consultant grandbaby. Go ahead and take what I just said and put that on some paper, like real talk. Like, let the Holy Spirit use me for you. You understand? So that's step one. Try to salvage it. Step two. Okay, y'all playing. Um, I'm out. No, but you don't understand. I need this salary in order to maintain. Then guess what? You're going to have to make some decisions. Can you put two part-time jobs together and make that, that salary? Like, what's important to you at this moment? You mean to tell me you can't find that anywhere? Like, you can't, if you can't find that particular salary, can you start a business that will go ahead and start? And I know businesses take some time, but can you serve under somebody who knows? Like, ask God for the way. Ask God for the way out of Egypt. With the stance of you did not create me to feel like this. You did not create me to be beat like this. They're not using their hands no more, God. They're using tasks and duties. <laughs> they're using job descriptions. Yeah, they're using work environments. They're using a title. Like, it's very much still given Pharaoh, but just, you know, in the, in the company organizational chart. It's a better way. And you know how I know it's a better way? Because I could truly look at myself and I know another grandbaby is feeling this. And yo, look yourself in the mirror and say, I know you're tired, but I got you. Mm -mm, we ain't going to feel like this six months from now. Nope. 
I can guarantee this a lot. This <laughs> they got six more months to do what they doing. I can, I'm going to put pedal to metal. Whatever I got to do, I'm gonna be in commune with God. Like what I need to do, I need to apply where. What do I need to do, Lord? What do I need to do, Lord? And I'm gonna be like the woman in Judges. I'm gonna keep coming back to God. Like, hey, um, <laughs> sorry I hung up. Um, so <laughs> like, yeah, like the line is 24 hours. So you shouldn't have gave me the phone number. So guess what? I'm getting ready to do. I'm getting ready to ask you for the courtness of me to get out of here because I know that you didn't just kill one pharaoh for six more to pop up and on this side of earth. You understand? Like, mm -mm, I'm not doing it. We're not doing it. And it's not happening. Aren't you tired? If any part of you is like, yes. Now, for me in particular, it's work. For you, it may be family. For somebody else, it may be school. Like, whatever it is, but you need to listen to that little small voice in your soul saying, I don't know how much more I can do it. And you may be confused sometimes because sometimes you're like, it's not that bad. Mm -mm. If you got to put that, not that in front of a statement, it's bad. His breath don't stink that bad. No, but it still stinks, right? Yeah, It's not that burnt, but it's still burnt. You understand? Yeah, so we no, no you it doesn't negate it because you put the not that in front of it. It's still, it's still very much that, okay? Still very much that. Every time he speaks, somebody cover their nose. So still very much that, okay? Like, don't, let's not get it twisted. Listen, um, I feel like you got what you needed. Mm -hmm. You know what these conversations are, right? Right. I already gave you a challenge. I'm not trying to hear you. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person is going to have with you. But who? Your favorite homegirl. Listen, uh, you were part of my text community or my blog community yet? Wanna? Hello? Ooh. Not you being fair. No. <laughs> playing, playing, like, stop. Anyway, Patreon, right? Strive, the letter N, inspire. Uh, go on there and be a part of all the things because your girl's doing big, big things. And to keep up with what's going on, the uh, created, the number two, multiplied.com has all of the things. And that's all I'm going to, you know, say. If God put on your heart to go ahead and um, support your favorite homegirl, you should do it. But that's between you and the Lord. Okay? Mm-hmm. But I'll talk to you later because somebody got a Patreon and a website to go to, don't they? Don't they? Oh, I thought you hung up. But um, I, I'll let you go. I'll let you let me go, okay? <laughs> later.